Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1542. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I'm very revved up and excited to share with you today a very special returning guest. He was one of my, what I call, top 100. He was guest number 61 back in August of 2014, Terry Cargus. Terry has served as executive director of the Peterson Automotive Museum for the past eight years, being instrumental in its transformation into the world's finest automotive museum. Terry has extensive experience in the automotive sports and entertainment industry. He has held key leadership roles at Ventures Vehicle Systems, Roush Performance, Cord Automotive, Oakland Stompers, NASL Soccer Team, SeaWorld, San Diego Wild Animal Park, and of course, everyone's favorite, Disneyland. His entrepreneurial talents were evident by the success of Cargus Sport and Cargus Sports Formula Atlantic Racing Team. He is also a founding partner in Amoto America, North America's premier motorcycle racing series we'll be back in a minute to talk to terry but first a word from our very valued sponsors here at cars yeah that make this show possible and we'll be right back do you know the best way to protect your special vehicle both the inside and the outside is with a car cover i've been using covercraft car covers since 1975 that's right back when i was in high school i've been around a long time It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking brand new. And they have manufactured premium quality exterior and interior covers here in the United States with a reputation for durability and design for a very long time. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom pattern vehicle covers, and they're crafted to fit tens of thousands of patterns, and that's growing. You can choose from a dozen fabric options and accessories all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicle. I protected my rides with their covers for over 40 years, and you know what? You should too. And I've got a deal for you. Right now, you can get 10% off your order using a special Cars Yeah code. The code is Yeah120. Use that code when you check out, and you get 10% off your order. What a deal. That's at Covercraft.com. Be sure to use the code Yeah120 at checkout for your 10% off. That's Covercraft.com. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read whether you dream of owning a collector car or if you have 200 in your garage. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Plus, you'll get an exclusive SCM guide to restoration shops included for free. And I've got a couple very cool offers. One is if you go and subscribe to their digital subscription, you're going to get 50% off using the code CARSYEAH. That's right, 50% off their digital subscription. But wait, that's not all. If you go and subscribe and get their print magazine, and use the code BSH, you get $10 off. That's right, $10 off. Why BSH? Well, 
That's the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast that I do every Tuesday with Keith Martin. You'll find it here on the Cars Yow website or using your mobile device with any mobile device podcast app, or you can find it at sportscarmarket.com. That's Buy, Sell, Hold, the essence of collecting. Hey, Terry, welcome back to Cars Yeah, my friend. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? All set and ready to go. Excited to be with you. Well, this is pretty cool. You know, last time you and I spoke, we were at Gordon McCall's jet party last summer in Monterey. Things were very different back then. We were all having fun and the world was our oyster and everything kind of changed a little bit. And we're going to talk about that. It was sure fun running into you at that, uh, at that wonderful event, a way to kick off Car Week, right? Yeah, I actually Jet Center. Gordon is a good friend and has always been a. In fact, I I, I get a little inside uh, thing when Bruce Meyer was looking for a new director, he called Gordon and asked him who he thought would be a good director for the museum, and Gordon is the one who suggested me. Whoa! And, and I've known Bruce for years, but Bruce said, "Oh yeah, I'll call Terry." So I. I owe Gordon a lot. He's my man. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. That's that's really fun. You know, in fact, the next question I was going to have for you is maybe one little thing that most people don't know about you. Uh, is there something different that's maybe something most people don't know about Terry Cargis? Well, I, I've got ten grandchildren. That keeps me broke. But uh, well, grandma, you're very I, you're I, very I blessed. <laughs> listening to you run through the where I've worked and what I've done, and that God. Have I, can't I keep a job? Actually, it's because I'm so old. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, you know, uh, you know, in the old days, you and I, us old guys, you know, we, they call us boomers. Uh, here's some derogatory terms about you, boomer you, but I kind of hold that in high esteem because, you know, we made some things happen. But yeah, I mean, you have done so many cool things and so many interesting things. But when you really look back, you've been a a motorhead, a car guy for a long time. And we're going to dive into the personal side of your life in a minute. But I want to start like I always start here with a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that has meaning for you, uh, how you've gotten through an incredible life that you have and 10 grandchildren. I don't know how you, holy cow, that's really cool. What is a, a inspiring quote for you that you might share for our listeners out there? Grab the wheel, Terry. There's a couple that, that I've always lived with, and one is from the movie Untouchables, and it, it touched me, and the other was from Saturday Night Live, the original news show, mm-hmm. and uh, at the end of the show on Saturday Night Live, they would say, and that's today's news, and if you don't like the today's news, go make some of your own. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what, that's pretty much a statement about life, and that I've always liked Abraham Lincoln's quote of, uh, a man makes up his mind about how happy he's going to be. And then another one was from the the movie The Untouchables when uh, Sean Connery was explaining to Costner, the young cop, how bad do you want it? You know, what are you willing to do to get it? Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, that really sums up a lot of life. Is that it, it, if you want something bad enough, you got to be willing to do what it takes to get it. I've been blessed that I've always loved cars, and I've been able to pursue some things successfully, some things less successfully some things not so successful at all, but always I had cars and racing in mind. Well, no doubt. Well, you know, that last quote uh, from The Untouchables is a nice segue into the next question. I want to talk about the Peterson because when I had you on this show almost six years ago, wow, I can't believe it's been that long. You were fairly new there. And since then, some 
absolutely incredible things have happened. The museum has literally transformed itself into an spectacular facility. I got to spend a whole day there with Michael Bodell, who's going to be a guest tomorrow on Cars Yeah. We were there shooting some video, and he was so kind to spend the day with me and walk me through. I even He even took me on a ride in a 1932 vehicle around Los Angeles in the traffic, which was absolutely just splendid on that sunny day. So let's talk about a couple things. I know that with this virus, the pandemic we're dealing with here, how on earth do you run a museum when you have to lock the doors? And I want to talk about what you're doing there. And Michael's going to discuss it a bit more with us tomorrow as well. But let's back up a little bit. When you said in that quote, when you want something bad enough, you just have to do it. The transformation the museum took is mind-blowing to me because museums are a challenge. Um, back when I had you on the show before, we talked about that. I know being involved in the LeMay Museum here, just down the street from me, it is a financial challenge. It's structural a challenge. I mean, the building you guys had to deal with and what you turned it into. Talk a little bit about that first and then migrate into what you're doing today to keep people engaged with the museum because you guys have a lot of stuff going on. Well, you know, thank you. I The, the interesting part about what has made the, the museum successful is, first of all, I got to say it's a team sport. We are blessed with a board and, and, a, and a professional staff that is, is second to none. The board would qualify as having some of the best collectors in the world on it and some of the best and, and uh, most impressive businessmen that I've ever in, encountered. And in 2014, we closed the museum with a plan and we closed for 14 months. The day we closed, I announced, and I was roundly criticized for doing it, that we would reopen December 15th of 2015. And uh, we would open on time and on budget, and people thought, you are out of your mind. But we did. We opened uh, at $95 million later. We had totally transformed the, the, the building inside and out. Mm -hmm. The third floor of the museum used to be a, a kid's play area because there was no way to get cars up there. We put in a, a what is what at the time was the most expensive ele elevator and the largest elevator in town, so that we could move cars from the vault up to the third floor. So we added essentially 33,000 square feet yeah. of display space. Wow. But our exterior was done by Cohn Pedersen Fox, the architectural firm out of New York, and has made us a, an LA architectural icon. The interior. We now have 11 galleries. It, it, up until that time, the museum had operated for 20 years virtually unchanged. Yes. The first floor was a diorama. Nothing changed in the whole 20 years. And now we change the 11 galleries once a year so that no matter when you come in to visit us, you're going to see something new that you had not seen before because mm -hmm. it's on a rotating basis and you know they're all interspersed. But it's, it's really exciting and it takes... A whole different mentality. We don't operate as a as a museum. We operate as a business, and as such, we are one of the only, if not the only, museum in the country that operates on and makes a profit. Wow! Congratulations. That's incredible. You know, I spent eight years in the theme park business, knowing that you've got to get people through the gates to be able to buy things and and um, you know pay their admissions and the parking and right. all the rest of the revenues that keep us going. But let me say this. The important thing for us is we have had this, we have this remarkable marketing staff led by uh, Michael Bodell, who you're going to meet, who is one of the most incredible marketing talents. He was 26 when I made him 
deputy director at 29 when he became the deputy director chief operating officer. Mm -hmm. And that was just a couple months ago. But he's also led the charge on our on our digital. We've done about 100 different events every year with a philosophy that every niche of automotive collector or enthusiast is going to find some time during the year where his or her special interest is being addressed. And so this is truly your your museum. If you like cars or things with engines or motors or either it's gas or electric, hydrogen, whatever it might be, there's something going on during the year for your interest and you want to be there. We work hard, but it's all fun. It, most of this, the crew comes in they can't wait to get here, and then and they don't want to leave. So, <laughs> well, like yeah, say, I've I've been to the new museum. I had been to the old museum many times before, and when I last summer, when I finally got back to the museum, I, I just stood outside for a while and almost cried. I've got to tell you because I know what you guys went through. I know so many people involved with the museum. You know, Bruce Meyer has been a guest on the show here. I've known him for decades. Yeah, decades pretty much. And uh, and many of the other people, uh, Barry McGuire, who's been a guest here, and so many of the other people that are involved, and of course you. Uh, Gosh, I'm trying to think. You and I met way back when you first came on board there, way back when I was with Griot's Garage. And what you guys did with the team, and it is a team, as you so eloquently say, and turning that from kind of almost a boys club into a real business when you took charge. And that's what you told me when I had you on the show. It has to operate as a business. Kudos to what you guys have done and continue to do. I'm really, really proud of you. Let's talk about today, though. And I've tried to stay a little bit away from this pandemic we're dealing with because my shows stay up there in perpetuity. I still have people listening to your show. Uh, six years later, people that find cars, yeah. But I do want to ask you this question because I'm going to, I'm going to go into depth with it with Michael tomorrow. How do you deal with what's happening right now? Not only the employees that you need to keep employed and how do you keep paying people? I mean, you and I talked about that. One of your board members having 60,000 employees he's got to try to figure out how to take care of during this time. But for a museum, what are some of the things that you're doing right now to keep people engaged so that when you reopen, and we will all get through this, this will pass. Let's hope it's tomorrow and not next year, but it will pass and we'll survive but what? How do you? How have you been engaging people? How have you been keeping the ball rolling with the Peterson during this uh, dreadful time? Interestingly, we have been looking at a digital operation, and it's a kind of a twenty-five year plan. Uh, and how do we become something that goes out from beyond the address of sixty sixty Wilshire Boulevard? You know, eighty percent of our attendance comes essentially from within Los Angeles or within a 40-mile radius. Mm-hmm. And so we've constantly been looking at how do we, how do we reach out beyond that, and, that, and the way you do it is digital. Yep. And that's got to be content. It's got to be entertaining and, and quality content. In a way, it, uh, one of our board, uh, actually our chairman, Richard Varner, coined a phrase a long time ago that we, we really want to become the center of automotive thought. And with that in mind and, and planning and thinking about how do we do this, the marketing team led by Michael uh, Bodell started to look at, all right, it's content, content, content. How do we start to roll this out? And I think three weeks before the pandemic hit and shut us down, the board had approved, you know, moving forward with a, a fairly broad and aggressive digital programming package. And then all of a sudden we're handed the pandemic. All right, you're closed. Now what do we do? Well, 
Our vault tour is uh, one of the famous parts of our museum by Haggerty, sponsored or presented by Haggerty. And it's been one of those widely accepted as this is incredible. There's 250 very special cars in this, if you'll call it the basement or our vault Mm -hmm. that we give guided tours through. Michael had an idea, let's do vault tours and put them on live, live stream them, but make them free so that car enthusiasts, you know, around the world really uh, would have a chance to get exposure to what it is we do, where we are, what we have, and and uh, share it. And, right. and at the same time, Dr. Jason Hartwig, who runs our education department, decided, all right, we can do educational programming for a wide variety of ages and put those on the, on the web and, and put those on, on our Facebook and, and YouTube pages and offer that kind of programming for the kids at home and, and adults. Then we added movies. We started adding movies from our, our, our archives. You know, we just put up a thing about Ken Miles driving the Cobras oh, yeah. uh, back in the day when he was testing for Shelby. We have actually a number of real well-known celebrity uh, automotive personnel doing videos from their homes that are being programmed right now that we'll start to offer uh, over the next couple of weeks, one being Jay Ward from Pixar. How are the cars' pictures made? How, you know, how does Pixar make a movie and what did they go through in, in um, you know, identifying the, the, uh, the characters of the, of the cars themselves? Mm-hmm. But really, the, the vault tours, I'll tell you what, one of the, you know, I, I, I said we had looked at this digital initiative as a way to reach beyond our 40 miles or Los Angeles, 50% of the viewers of our our vault tours are um, from out of the country. Nice. Yeah. And one of the one of the fun parts about that is that you know you're on live and you're watching the comments come through and people are are making comments, but largely initially they're saying hello from Brazil, hello from Australia, <laughs> yeah. hello from Russia. Yeah. You know, from literally all over the world. So it's very satisfying to see not only are we entertaining folks, but we're reaching. Um, and and in a in a business term, you know, we're we're branding ourselves outside of of America. What comes to mind here, and you work for so many spectacular companies. When you think, I think about Disney. You know, Disney started in film and animation, basically, and then the theme parks. And people think of them primarily as theme parks. Uh, so long, and then they went into television. And I'm thinking maybe giant here, but that's okay as we're talking about this. Why can't, and it sounds like the path you're going down, the Peterson become basically also not only a, a tour that you take in person, but a film company, if you will. Now, that may be a bit of expansion, but there's so many people that can't get to L.A., and there's a lot of people from around the world. I mean, millions. I can see, you know, you've got your own channel down the road. Why not? Because there's a lot of channels on that. I don't know who's watching them, but they're worthless. I'd love to subscribe and watch the Peterson channel. Interestingly, we have registered the, uh, the Peterson Publishing name again. Ah, um, okay. Was, was let go and thinking that that would be a, a channel uh, that we could use, mm-hmm. reestablish uh, a well-known brand uh, brand name, and that could be our voice to the world or the mm-hmm. channel for our voice to the world. Yeah. But you're you're right on. I mean, at, at one point someday, they're going to be virtual museums. Mm-hmm. You won't have to travel around the world to go look at dinosaurs. They're they're right in your front room, and the how-to and how all of the discovery that goes along with that. But 
you know, providing content, you know, the number of different types of uh, content that's being produced right now by interesting and different people, how to polish a car, you know, how to, how to install a blower, yeah. how to design a car. We've got, you know, you know, Freeman Thomas. Oh, yes. Arguably one of the premier automotive designers of the world. We've got a film coming on him designing a, a new roof Porsche. Oh, cool, cool. But he's so brilliant and so good to watch what he does and how he goes about planning the layout and the design is fascinating. And if you love cars, this is something you're going to want to watch. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You think about future technologies coming down the road, too. I have a friend that about five years ago was working on trying to develop a technology where you could project holograms right into people's homes. And you talk about virtual reality tours. And they didn't ever quite get the technology there. They were kind of on the forefront. It's going to be happening someday. So imagine sitting back in your living room and you could pull a Peterson automobile into your living room and it's parked there and you could walk around it and look at it. And the audio is giving you a tour and explaining everything. It's going to happen. We're going to take a short break and thank our sponsors here. And we're going to be right back to learn a little bit more about perhaps how Terry's love and passion for cars has evolved over time. So sit tight. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah. And I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at carsyeah.com. If you're listening to Cars Yeah! you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting, but what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars Yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. All right, we're back here. I want to uh, tell our listeners a little bit more about you and your car passion. So let's go back in time. Talk about a moment in time that instigated your personal passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment, as you remember it, that you knew you were going to be a car guy for life? Well, yes, there was. There were two things that happened in, in my life that I can remember vividly changing everything. One was I was 10 years old. We had just moved from Joliet, Illinois. It was 1955. And we had moved to Newport Beach from Joliet, and Dad took us down to the Torrey Pines road races. Oh. Little did I know that I was looking at Phil Hill. I was looking at Dan Gurney in a TR3 in his first ever road race. There were D-Jags. We pulled the family wagon up to the snow fence there behind the hay bales, and 
in between a Rolls Royce and a and a Gullwing, and they had these big, huge wicker baskets having a you know these great lunches, and you're on the bluff overlooking the Pacific, and I'm thinking, boy, this is different <laughs> than Joliet. Yeah. But in those days, they ran Castrol R and oil, and it was this sweet smell oh, yes. and of exhaust in the air, and these cars, these exotic cars, going crazily fast, and they're great looking cars, and it was fierce competition. And I, I remember I'm sitting in the back seat as we're leaving the track and I'm pounding on my dad's back. Dad, 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 we got to do this. This is the <laughs> coolest thing in the world. And I, forever thinking that was it. And that actually really was because from then on, you know, my grandfather had taken me to midget races back east. And then growing up in Newport, you're part of car culture, especially in the in the 50s and 60s, mm-hmm. where we actually in Newport had a round drive in where cars would come from all over Southern California on Friday, Saturday night, or you'd drive up to Pasadena or, or Glendale to go to Bob's on, on Colorado Boulevard. Oh, yeah. The drag racing in the streets, drag racing all over. Cars are what you're doing. For me, it was, and my guys, my pals. I was in the theme park business for 12 years. I was at Disney four years, SeaWorld four years, and Marine World up in San Francisco mm-hmm. for four years, and I was burned out, and I couldn't figure out I got to do something. I got to get out of here. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not interested in this anymore. What am I going to do? And I had no clue mm-hmm. what to do. And I was sitting on my front porch and I said, you know what? Let's cut to the chase here. If you die tomorrow, what are you going to be pissed off about missing in your life? It's easy. That's racing. I'm not involved in racing and I haven't been. And then the thought hit me that the only pictures I had ever had in my offices over the past 12 years were of race cars. <laughs> oh my God, I, I need to be in racing. That's what I've got to do. Yeah. And so two weeks later, I bought a race car, found out real quickly that I was too slow, too broke and not fast. I mean, just, I didn't have the ingredients to do, to be in racing the way I wanted to be in racing. I didn't want to be in racing in amateur racing. I wanted to be racing with Mario and, and the guys. <laughs> oh, so yeah. I went out and started introducing myself. I had learned how to sell sponsorship and this is what, you know, if you want it, you've got to figure out how bad do you want it. Yeah. So I went out and started introducing myself to teams that, hey, I know how to sell sponsors. I'll go find sponsors for you. And did. I started off that way with a bunch of different teams. And, really? Uh, worked some very, very good ones. You know, I ended up ultimately one of my most fun was working with, I actually got the Budweiser contract for, for promotion in 79, 78 and 79 when K.K. Rosberg was over in the can-am days, but I ended up working with Dan Gurney at All-American Racers when we put the Toyota deal together and in a, working with Gallus Craco when Bobby uh, Ray Hall was on the team and Al Jr. was on the team. Whoa. Chris Cord and, the, and his Monzas, just really wonderful people. And it, when I was with Chris Cord, Don Spencer was, was his crew chief and and his metal guy, arguably one of the premier metal bender uh, designer uh, hot rod guys of the of the world, mm-hmm. at Gurney's uh, Phil Remington, virtually the premier genius that made the the GT40s work at Le Mans, and uh, was with Dan forever. Jeez. After that, you you were around some in, incredible names. You know, sometimes the answer to our passion is right in front of us. You talked about your office being filled with racing photos. And I've talked to people before. I've tried to be a good mentor to some young people throughout my time. And sometimes they'll say, I can't figure out what I like. 
And I always say, well, look around you. You know, what do you keep migrating towards? Go to the magazine rack at the grocery store. What's the first magazine you pick up and read cover to cover? Maybe that's what you like. It could be architecture or boating or cars or whatever. Well, for you, Terry, what was your first really special vehicle? That first car that you got in your life that you went, man, I've always wanted this thing. That's an easy one. A Porsche Speedster. I remember (laughs) being in Newport, a black Porsche Speedster for the first time thinking that's the prettiest thing I've ever seen in my life. I've got to have a black Porsche Speedster and I've got to take it on Highway 1. I've got to drive (laughs) it the length of California, haul an ass down the coast or up the coast, whatever, on on the ocean. Yeah, and, and ended up doing it. It was it was spectacular. You know, it comes to mind, of course, and we both know this story. Bruce Meyer had a wonderful black speedster that ended up being a Steve McQueen's ex speedster, of which he so kindly sold back to Chad. And Chad McQueen still has that car today. Last I talked to Chad, I don't think he'll ever let it go. That's very cool. I didn't know you had a speedster. That's a fun car. Well. I didn't ask you this question last time you were on the show because it's something that has evolved as Cars Yeah has evolved. I want to ask you this. If you woke up tomorrow, Terry, and you were a vehicle parked in your museum at the Peterson, you were actually manifest as a vehicle, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself as a vehicle, what would Terry Cargis be? Boy, what a curious question because I go from the problem over here is that you've got sensory overload. (laughs) No kidding. I walk out into the garage and there's a carbon fiber Clarence Senna. Oh. oh. Or we had Chip Connors, the best GTO on the planet here mm-hmm. for a long time. Yeah. We had Rob Walton's California Spider here for, for a long time. And you're looking at these cars, but I'm, I'm probably still a, a Porsche and I'm probably still a Porsche Speedster. Basic, uh-huh. A basic car, lightweight, fun, open top, Cali- built for California. Honestly, to this day... My wife and I, when we want to get away, and actually we've been doing it, you know, with a lockdown, we'll take a drive up the coast. Yeah. Get in the afternoon and, and take an hour drive up the California coast. Yep. Just to be along the water, but in a car doing something. Absolutely. Yeah. Getting outside. Well, I've got this uh, next step here, which I call the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of that speedster throttle. Ah, I can... I can feel the Pacific air in my face right now as we drive up the coast together. So here we go. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your many successes in your life? Staying in touch with friends. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Very important. How about if I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? I've actually had the opportunity and it was Wolfgang Porsche. Oh, wow. Very cool. Yeah, I'd love to he's see on, he's, He joined our board. He's on our board. Nice. Oh, oh, that's awesome. How about the best automotive advice someone else has ever given you? Stand on the gas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't lift. I think that came from Bruce Meyer. That's Bruce. Yeah, never lift. That's never Bruce. Lift. Never lift. Yeah, I love that quote. How about a great resource? I, I'm kind of guessing I know the answer to this. I would say the Peterson Museum, especially as you're going digital. Uh, yeah, I, our archive now, we've got... We have the original Peterson Publishing archives, 10 million photos. We've got a couple thousand films. Wow. We're building. The library is phenomenal and only getting better. Fantastic. How about a book? Is there a book you've read since we last talked that you think our listeners here would gain some benefit from? Yeah, actually, a couple of them. But one of my favorites was by General Mattis, Mad Dog Mattis, that um, 
uh, it's about chaos and that um, his his theory of leadership mm-hmm. and and how challenged leaders should leadership should be in challenging themselves to challenge their people. A fascinating story about he would put his men out on a field drill and then in the middle of it say, okay, you, you, and you, and you, you, you guys are all dead. Let's see what happens now to your people. What kind of leadership have you imbued in them uh, so that they pick up the slack and, and are able to go on ah, from here? That, brilliant. Um, but also Stephen Ambrose, a, a four-year Supreme Allied commander on on um, Eisenhower's war years about dealing with keeping the heads of state and generals from all around the world working together and, and what a difficult task it was, a real uh, great study in leadership. Great. Awesome. I'll remind our listeners, I'll put this book, and there's a whole bunch of books listed on the Karja website under resources titled Guest Recommended Books. There are over 1,600 books there listed by my inspiring automotive enthusiast. Awesome reads. This one is another one about leadership, so I made it really easy for you. You just click on it, it goes right to Amazon, and you can have it in a couple days. All right, Terry, we are up to the checkered flag here. I'm going to twist this around a little bit because I asked you this question before. I kind of call it my question that's a doozy. I'm going to buy you any collector car in the world today, but here's what I'm going to do with you. I'm going to limit it to a vehicle that is at the Peterson Museum right now because I know you guys have some incredible cars there. There's plenty of sweet candy to choose from, but there are a couple rules to this game. One is you can't sell it. You've got to keep it. You've got to drive it. Take it up the Coast Highway there and enjoy it with your wife, your your grandkids, whomever you like. Uh, But it's the only one collector car you can have in your garage, so it needs to tick a lot of boxes. So which car at the Peterson can I park in your garage today? Oh boy! Well, I huh, it's got to take. If it's the only car I can drive, yeah, it might be tough in 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 weather. But the uh, Steve McQueen owned uh, Jag XKSS that uh, he owned twice and is now in our collection. Yeah, it's an incredible car. It's the most valuable car in the collection now. I mean, it's one of uh, and the XKSSs were the exact car that a D Jag was. Yep, and they were, you know, built in the factory, and they, I think they only got sixteen or seventeen built before the factory turned burned down. Yeah, this particular car, Tony Nancy, the famous drag racer and and later leather entrepreneur, did the interior on the car, Beautiful. and Von Dutch did the dashboard. Oh gosh! So, wow. Yeah, <laughs> three major automotive icons attached to it, and yeah. and the the captain of Cool, uh, McQueen. All right. Well, that sounds like a great choice. You know, I thought it'd take you a little longer to figure that one out because there is so much to choose from. And I would encourage our listeners, if you have a chance when everything gets back to normal, you have to make a trip to Los Angeles and you have to go to the Peterson Museum because I spent an entire day there. It wasn't enough time. There's so much to see. The people are so helpful. You just turn that place, you and your team, of course, have turned that place into a magic land for automotive enthusiasts and for people that want to learn about the history of automobiles. It's it's just absolutely brilliant. Before we go, could you offer our listeners one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off up the coast highway in Steve McQueen's, now your Jaguar XKSS? I would say do what you want to do. Use your life, what little time we have here to do what you want to do. Be kind to others, especially, and stay in touch with your friends and loved ones. I've got friends that I, I try to stay in touch with regularly that brings so much joy into my life. Yeah. I'm involved in motorcycle racing, uh, so 
I'm all, I've got an awful lot of car and engine stuff going on in my life, but with my family, family's everything and, and, and throw the friends in with that and it, what, a, what a full life we can have. Yes, absolutely. Great words of wisdom from a gentleman who has been there and done a lot of great things. What's the best way for people to find out about and enjoy the Peterson Museum? Peterson.org, and that's Peter, S-E-N, dot org. Everything you need to know. All right. I'll put a link to that. It's easy to find, though. Again, it's Peterson with an E, P-E-T-E-R-S-E-N, dot org. Go there, check it out online, and when you get a chance to visit, or better yet, make a trip to Los Angeles to go see the Peterson Museum. It's absolutely spectacular. And remember, tomorrow on Cars Yeah, I'll be talking to the Deputy Director of the Peterson, Michael Bodell, about more things that they're doing there, so tune in tomorrow. Terry, thanks for coming back on Cars Yeah. Thanks for being so generous with your time and expertise and sharing your experiences with our listeners again. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks so much. Let's not wait six years to do it again. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll see you soon. Hey, you want to have a little bit of fun? Go to YouTube, Covercraft Industries YouTube page, and you can see me doing a couple tips and tricks with Covercraft products and car care products. Or you can Google Covercraft Mark Green and watch the videos there. Check me out. Kind of fun. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.